0: Isaac's say youth church i am excited i am ex- yeah, thank you dennis <laughs> i'm excited i uh i uh i want to say that uh in my spirit ah man i just feel i just feel enormous i feel unstoppable i feel uh that god is just beginning that god is just starting to just open up his his uh his uh, purpose and his calling for us in and, and the last days, and, and where Isaac say Youth Church is going to go, and what we're going to do and, and what He's calling us and what He's going to help us develop into. and we're, we're just now tasting it. We're just now getting uh, the, first, the first bit of, of uh, how God's going to do. And um, I know you're here tonight, not because you got drug, not because your parents told you. But because you, you're saying, you know what, this is my house. This is where I belong. This is, I, I'm a part of this. I'm, I'm going all the way. I don't care if my flesh doesn't want to go, I'm going. I don't care if I don't want to read the Bible plan, I'm doing it. I don't care. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a part of God's kingdom and I don't want to lose that vision. I don't want to lose my place. I don't want to get lost in this, in this craziness that's happening in the world today. And uh, I, I believe that that's why you're here today. And uh, I wanted to start off with a video, and a video has nothing to do with what I, uh, well, maybe it does, with the rest of the things that are on my heart. But uh, it's just one of those videos that you watch and you're like, what? But please, Arsene, if it's ready, uh, we'll watch it. It's only three minutes.
1: One of the most common questions that I uh, get asked when people find out that I'm a creation astronomer is, what about distant starlight? How did God get the light from those distant galaxies to Earth in thousands of years that the Bible says for the, the age of the universe? Well, there are actually several different ways to get light to travel those enormous regions in a relatively short amount of time. Uh, one one way is what's called an anisotropic synchrony convention, and that's a little bit like uh, time zones on the Earth. You know, I can leave uh, Kentucky at around four o'clock in their plane and arrive in Colorado at four o'clock without going infinitely fast or anything like that. And the reason is because time, the way time is defined on Earth, we use a local time convention as we travel across the world. As long as I'm going west, that'll work. Well, a similar thing can be done in space, and in fact has been done since uh, ancient times. And so perhaps God is using that anisotropic that time zone uh, model of zones out in space there, and so light can travel those enormous regions in no time at all. Light can be created with the star on, the day, on day four, and it can arrive on Earth on day four, you see, so it's not really an issue. But there are other creationists that have proposed that God used uh, perhaps time dilation, uh, gravitational time dilation for example. Einstein tells us that time can flow at different rates in different environments. That's something that we've demonstrated with atomic clocks. We know it's true. So perhaps time flows more slowly on Earth than it does in the distant region of the universe because the Earth is in a gravitational uh, well. That is, it's near the center of a finite amount of galaxies and therefore time would flow more slowly on Earth than it does out in the distant regions of space. And so light can trickle in at its own slow rate, but on Earth only thousands of years elapses. That's an interesting possibility. There's also an offshoot of that called uh, Carmelian physics that would allow basically the same thing to happen, but it adds an extra dimension to to a general relativity. So these are interesting possibilities. But we should also keep in mind the possibility that God may have used a supernatural mechanism. After all, God is not bound by the laws of nature as we are, especially during the creation week when God was doing things in a supernatural rather than a naturalistic uh, way. And so that's certainly a possibility as well. It may be that we can't understand how an infinite God could do it, but that doesn't mean that he can't do it. He's, after all, infinite. One answer that we would not recommend using is that God simply created the beams of light already on their way. And the reason we don't uh, think that that's a good answer is because we see things happen in space. We see stars explode, for example. And if, uh, if God just created the beam en route, then that means that the star that we saw explode never really happened. God just painted a picture of that explosion along this light beam uh, when in fact the star never exploded, never even existed. And so I don't think that God is going to create pictures of fictional events out in space there. And if he did out in space, why not here on Earth? We really couldn't trust our senses if God created light beams that that don't really come from their source. So I don't think that's the best explanation. And another thing I want to point out, though, is that the Big Bang, the alternative to biblical creation, also has a similar type of problem, a light travel time problem of its own. It's called the horizon problem. And basically, it has to do with the cosmic microwave background that we see uh, streaming from the distant regions of the universe. We find that it's very uniform, and that shouldn't be, because in the Big Bang model, uh, it should have different temperatures at different places. Why is it so uniform? Obviously, light energy had to travel from the the hotter regions to the cooler regions to equilibrate those temperatures, but there hasn't been enough time. Even in 13.7 billion years, there's not enough time for light to travel from one side of the visible universe to the other. And so that's a light travel time problem for the Big Bang. It seems to me that if the alternative to biblical creation has the same type of problem as biblical creation, then you can't argue that distant starlight somehow disproves biblical creation in favor of the Big Bang. And after all, God is omniscient, and we could have used a mechanism that we do know about, or He could have used a mechanism that we don't know about. But it's not a problem for an infinite God to get light from distant galaxies to Earth in thousands of years.
0: Yeah, huh? <clears throat> So, uh, who thought they were smart before they watched this video? (laughs) Who thinks who who actually understood what he was talking about? Wow! When I watched this video right before I decided to 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 play it today, I was like uh, the beginning the 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 three suggestions that he had to rebuttal uh, uh, the accusation that you know creationism can't answer the question. Uh, those were like way over my head. I was like, man, what is he talking about? But at the end, he kind of tied in an idea that we could understand. That hey, you know what? Uh, that same accusation goes into the Big Bang Theory just as much as it goes into creationism. Basically, the same question is this: Nobody here on Earth was there, and we don't have enough evidence. We don't have enough understanding of how it happened exactly. And relax. Uh, <laughs> But uh, I wanted to to show you this guy. This is Dr. Lyle. He's about 30, 40s, uh, young guy. Uh, he's got his PhD in astrophysics, which is something that uh, is over my head completely. But he's a Christian. He's a person who loves God, and he's dedicated to, to serve Him all his life. And that's what he does is he debates... Uh, debates a lot of different really smart atheists and he says hey you know what you could be really smart you could be atheist but you're not right (laughs) and uh, and and uh, I uh, I show this video with the only purpose of saying is this we have so much room to grow we have not tapped into our potential yet we have not uh, come to our limits you know you I feel like uh, Israelites, in the 40 years that they're walking in the desert, you know, they're just waiting for the day of doom, like, uh, that's not Christianity, Christianity has, has unimaginable potential, unimaginable ministries, unimaginable things can happen in, in, in our lifetime that we haven't seen yet, and, and I won't, I'm excited, I, I, Watching a video like this, uh, uh, before, I'd be like, man, I'm, I'm too dumb to understand something that he said. But now, I'm like, you know what, I, will take me time, but I want to understand what he said. Because that is something that I might need when I'm going into battle. It's a, that's a trait that, you know, you're going to have to answer tough questions, right, Adbina? <laughs> um. um and uh, I, I learned a new term. It's called layering. Uh, layering is this. When you're first exposed to information, there's, it's over your head, and you can comprehend or grasp a portion of it. This is what they do in schools. So, you know, when they're teaching you English or math, they like, why are they teaching me this again? Why are they teaching me this again? Why, are they, why am I going over the multiplication table again? What's going on? Did I, did I miss, miss something? My ring's missing. Huh. <laughs> Whoa. I left it in my, my, my pocket. Don't wash it. (laughs) Uh, Sorry. (laughs) What's going on? (laughs) Trouble. Layers. And so, uh, I learned this word in my, uh, I got an opportunity to work sales, and I was, I'm still, you know, wrestling with it. I I don't want to lose sight of God. I don't want to lose sight of what God has for me, but my life is changing, and ministry is growing, and and my knees are starting to get weary, and I'm going, huh, maybe it's a good time to make a change. And so I'm in this showroom with thousands of product lines and thousands of product SKUs, and I have to kind of have an idea of what's going on. And every day we have two representatives of huge companies that come in and say, this is my wood wood product line. I do the best wood, blah, 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 blah. And he has, you know a thousand ideas that he's pitching at you and you're just like, whoa, let's go. I did, I just put this stuff in. I didn't really care how they made it, but but now it 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 is a lot more information that I have to uh, learn and grasp. I feel like Ramil, when he's saying, hey, you know, the technological world is always changing and to stay on top, you have to put in so much energy and effort um, to stay on top of it. And um, I don't think it's going to be, you know, that dramatic, but uh, but right now it is. And so this term layering came in saying, hey, you know, uh, go over the information. You're going to miss 90% of it, but 10% of it is going to intrigue you. And from that 10% in your interest level, you're going to start doing research. You're going to start asking questions. You're going to start uh, digging, right? And uh, it could lead you into a place you never thought God would ever lead you, you know? And that's that's how it works. That's, that's, uh, you know, uh, people go to college uh, after money. They go to college because they want a profession or they want a lifestyle that suits them. But uh, you need to ask God, why are you going to college? You know, maybe you should be an astrophysics PhD professor and, and debating atheists for the rest of your life. Maybe that's your calling. And uh, that's pretty much all why i showed you that video you know uh christianity isn't this it's not just oh man you know i'm tied to this place i have to wear a ball and chain Oh, i'm a prisoner of god and oh, no it's it's i'm here i'm part of an army i'm getting structured i'm i'm forming and one day god's going to send me out into a a field that i can't even imagine i don't even know what i'm going to be doing but it's going to be awesome it's it's going to be powerful and and i'm going to use my life to glorify him. And uh, so, we are going to talk about Israelites and the desert today, and uh, talk about the sons of Korah. Who knew that the sons of Korah, are they bad or good? Who knows? Raise your hand if you think they're bad guys. Raise your hand if you think they're good guys. Okay. <laughs> they were both, exactly. It's a sure question. <laughs> How many of you guys understood that while reading your Bible plan or were you all confused? <laughs> Good. Well, today we're going to talk about it and maybe uh, straighten some things out. Um <clears throat> Numbers 14, we're going to, I think, primarily stand there, uh, but we're going to jump around a little bit else in, others, in other, other parts of 14. But let's skip to verse 6 right away. And Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb, son of Jephunon, who were among the scouts who had scattered, uh, searched the land, rent their clothes, and they said to all the company of Israelites, This land uh, through which we passed as scouts is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into the land and give it to us a land flowing with milk and honey only do not rebel against the lord neither fear the people of the land for there are they are bread for us their defense and their sh- their defenses and shadows of protection is removed from over them but the lord is with us fear them not this is the amplified version i apologize for not clarifying that but the congregation said to stone Joshua and Caleb with stones, but the glory of the Lord appeared at the tent of meeting before the Israelites. Uh, I, uh, we read uh, so many great examples uh, in, in Numbers uh, about the rebellion of the Israelites, God stepping in, punishing, rebellion dies down. Two days later, another rebellion comes up, God punishes, it dies down another rebellion, and it says, at one point, it says there's the ten rebellions, further in this chapter, God says, after ten rebellions, I'm done. I, I am done with these people. I am so done with them. And uh, it shows us that God has mercy and grace and favor, but at one point he says, Moses, I'm going to kill them all. I'm only going to leave you and some descendants, and, and I'm going to build a generation from you. At one point. And Moses goes oh man that's this is not good this is bad this is god's is really angry and and so he falls on his face and he and he he tells god in, in this chapter in 14 he tells god about well what are the you know israelites gonna or what are the egyptians gonna think you you led all these people out and you're supposed to build a kingdom with these people but you just killed them all in the desert like uh what you know and and god does a re, you know rethink and he says and he says let's go 18 and the Lord is long suffering and slow to anger and abundant in mercy and loving kindness forgiving iniquity and transgression but he will by no means clear the guilty visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children upon the third and fourth generations pardon I pray you the iniquity of these people according to the greatness of your mercy and loving kindness just as you have forgiven them from Egypt until now And the Lord said, I have pardoned according to your word, but truly as I live and as the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord, because of all these men who have seen my glory and my miraculous signs which I performed in Egypt and in the wilderness, yet have tested and proved me these ten times and have not heeded my voice, surely they shall not see the land which I swore to give to the fathers, nor shall any who provoke, spurn, despise me. But my servant Caleb, because he is a different spirit, and followed me faithfully, I will bring into the land into which he went, and the descendants shall possess it. And uh, so God let them live, but he basically put a, a punishment on them, saying, you know what, for every day that you rebelled against me, 40 days, that's, forty years that you're gonna pay in the desert. Some of you are gonna live forty years before you die and amount to nothing. Because you're rebelling against me these last ten times. That's basically what God is saying. He's saying, I've pardoned, I've given mercy, I've 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 done everything I can. I've I mean, how are you guys missing this? I'm the God of the universe. I'm creating a nation out of you. I'm I'm your father. I'm disciplining you. I'm teaching you. But where is your faithfulness? Where is your trust? Where is that growth that I'm so longing for to see? Where is it? And uh, and because I'm I'm done. You're, you you can pretend to be a Christian. You can go to church. You can do all this, but you're not going to be productive. You're not going to make a promised land. You're, you're not going to see the promised land. You're not you're not gonna you're not going to be to your full potential. You're you're, you're going to miss it. You're gonna, just going to die longing to see it but never see it. you're going to die in the desert that's what he told him he said your dead bodies shall fall in the wilderness of all who were numbered of you from 20 years old and upwards who have m- murmured against me surely none shall come into the land in which i swore to make you dwell except caleb and joshua And your children shall be wanderers and shepherds in the wilderness for 40 years and shall suffer for your whoredoms, your infidelity to your espoused God until your corpses are consumed in the wilderness. Is God merciful? Is God gracious? Yes. It seems like even more so after what Christ did on the cross. It seems like there's even more patience. There's even more long suffering. I mean, we look at America and what's happening in America, and you're just wondering why hasn't God done anything? Why hasn't God, you know, called it an end? You know, 20 years ago, 1969. Why didn't He stop America then? I mean, He's long suffering. He's patient. He's He's uh, He's His His plan of salvation is in the works, and uh, but at the same time. Christians are dying left and right. They're kind of Christians, but they're dead. They're 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 unproductive. They have no life. They they are just aimlessly living the American dream and 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 as long as they prayed the prayer when they were 13, I'm a Christian. And uh I wanted to go back to Joshua and 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 Caleb and they were addressing the Israelites and they were saying, "Hey, the report from the other ten was given, hey, you know Christianity is this you know uh, it's it's it 's a great thing, but it 's so hard christianity is a is a great thing but but there 's giants you got to defeat, and there 's those you have to be holy and you have to be set apart, and you have to come to church, and you can't watch football on Sundays, and, and you you, you got to make sacrifices, and, and there's so many things that there's to do in Christianity. As we scoped it out, as we researched it, as we found out, man, there's a huge price that we're going to have to pay. But Caleb and Joshua said, but God is with us. That, that, you got to take that into account. And he, they're telling the people, God is with us. Those guys are big. Those guys have some fortified cities. But the land is good and they're going to be, for, if we defeat them, those are victories. Those are great things that we get to possess, that we get to hold on to, that we get to, to have. And that's where God's leading us. Yeah, we're going to have to fight. Yeah, we're going to have to train. Yeah, we're going to have to trim up. We're going to have to do push-ups. We're going to have to, we're going to have to fight our flesh. We're going to have to uh, uh, walk in holiness. But that's the purpose of life, right? That's Hello guys, are you guys all missing it? Come on, let's do this. And when they said those words, the people rose up and said, let's stone them. Let's get rid of them. They're aggressive. They're too radical for us. Right. And as soon as uh, that happened, uh, it says the fire of God started coming. It says, "Do not rebel against the Lord; neither fear the people of the land." And then it says, "And the Lord, uh, but all the congregation said to stone Joshua and Caleb." Verse ten, with stones. But the glory of the Lord appeared at the tent of meeting before the Israelites. And the Lord said to Moses, "How long will these people provoke, spurn, dis- despise me? And how long will they, will it be?" Before they believe me, trusting in, relying on, clinging to me. For all the signs which I have performed among them. I will smite them with pestilence. And, and God started to pour out his judgment. Um, I want to say this. Uh, you're going to have to pay a price to, to, to be a part of a real church. You're gonna to have to be a pay a price to be a real Christian. You're gonna to have to be able to stand up and declare what you see when nobody else does, and your life is gonna be threatened because of that. That's real Christianity. That's what we see in the Old Testament. That's what we see in the New Testament. That's what we see. All the disciples had to go through. That's what we, persecution. Right. It's not a new thing for us. Right. We we're nobody's shocked. Nobody's surprised. Right. This is well. When does it happen? It today, now, it's you are making decisions at youth service and you're going to have a time to, to come to God at the altar call and confirm and say, God, I'm I'm dedicating this to you. I'm I'm calling this to you. And guess what? Tomorrow you're gonna start paying a price for those decisions. Tomorrow you're gonna start you're gonna start Having to suffer, you're going to have to start to wrestle, you're going to have to start to train, you're going to have to start to pick yourself up and, and move and, and, and do that, right? You guys are on board with that. that that's, that's why you're here, right? You, you want to win, and winning doesn't come free. It's not cheap. So, the sons of Korah. You guys remember, what did we read about the sons of Korah in Numbers? Anybody know? Tim, did you read the Sons of Korah? Alex, Sam, Ben, nobody read. Okay, that's okay, cause I I gave them a I gave them a, a rebuttal. I wanted them to focus on the New Testament, and uh, and I'll fill them and all the Old Testament when we have boys Bible group or a youth. But uh, and I still said, hey, but you are more than willing to if you're willing read the Old Testament. We're gonna have a slightly uh, change of plans for younger boys. I think they're going to have more, more of a food that they can crunch down and eat. Um, and uh, but that doesn't give you guys leisure. They're taking notes and they have, uh, they have. Uh, there you go. Thank you. And uh, they have. Uh, uh, this process of layering, saying, "Hey, let's start in the New Testament. Let's let's figure out the New Testament, and then we'll go into the Old Testament." Because I'm reading Leviticus, and I have 30 questions at the end of my Bible plan. And I'm going, "What are what are what are they thinking? What are you guys thinking, man? Did you guys catch all that? That's a lot of information right there. How does that work? How does that? Where's the balance in these laws? How does how, whoa, like, hey? And so, I wanted to say that uh, uh, what we read about about the sons of Korah was that uh, there was a rebellion, right? And this is after this rebellion, uh, I believe. Wait, no. After or before? After. Let's look at my outline. After. But I'm going to read you something. So I looked up the uh, Kohathites, right? You guys know that the Kohathites... And Cora are one family clan. Did you know that? I thought Dennis would know, or Roman would know. You knew Roman, okay, good. Anybody else know that? So the Kohathites were, or I'm pronouncing, I'm butchering it, right, Roman? Kohathites. Kohathites. The Kohathites were the ones were the were a part of the Levite tribe who were supposed to carry everything on their backs, right? The other guys that were part of the Levi tribe. They got wagons, right? And the other guys who were even cooler, they got to just cover everything up and touch the holies of holies. And, and it was cool. And then they're like, hey, all right, you guys carry it, right? And these guys are like, after a while, they're like, dude, God, we just got here. Now we're carrying it again. And, you know, assembly, reassembly. Remember, the, the, the cloud could move after an hour. The cloud could move in three days. The cloud could move at night. And whenever they had to mount up, disassemble the whole sanctuary and get on the road, right? And we we, were like, oh, man, we have a wedding. We have to move, you know, 300 chairs. Oh, this is going to hurt. This is going to be tough. This is, and I'm telling you, this is how God's kingdom is built. It's built on that. It's built on grunt work. It's built on, oh, man, subotnik. Everybody's cleaning in the gardens. Well, hey, you know what? I have a snowboarding trip See you later, right? And do you love God's house, you know? Or, hey, I'm I'm a 12-year-old, and I know it's not okay to litter, and I, and I have all this energy and all this time, but do I ever pick up anything around the church and put it in the garbage can? No, I'm the one throwing it in the grass. Hmm, I wonder why that is, right? So these, <laughs> these guys had to do manual labor, and they got jealous, right? And one of them, which is a descendant, is... Is Korah, right? And the sons of Korah. I'm going to read you guys uh, some info on them. The story of the sons of Korah in the Old Testament is truly a tale of two fathers and two destinies. The story begins with the Israelites of Moses. Time as they journeyed through the wilderness after leaving Egypt in Numbers 3. God sent aside the Levi God set aside the Levites of the tribe of Israel for full-time service to him. They were ordained to take care of the tabernacle and all the implements and all its implements as well as the ark of the covenant. Only the descendants of Aaron however were allowed to serve as priests. So there was a in the Levites clan there was like a separation. There was the top dogs, there was the middle dogs, and then there's Sons of Kor- Korah. The guys who carried everything on the back. And uh, the Korahs were responsible for the care of the sanctuary. They were responsible for the care of the ark, the table, the lamps, the stands, the altars, the articles of sanctuary used in ministering, the curtains, and everything related to their use. They were under the direct supervision of Elzer, son of Aaron. So they had a boss. Unlike the Gershonites and the Merorites who were allowed to transport the items under the care of carts, the Korathites had to carry their items in the holy things of the tabernacle on their shoulders. They had the Arduous burden of transporting these items from place to place as the camp moved, but they were not allowed to actually touch the items, and they would, or they would die. The priests had to wrap the sacred objects in special coverings before they were transported. Many of the Catharites began to dis- disdain this task and covered the role of priests. Kor was the grandson of Kohath. And he began to run with another group of Reubenites, Malachanites, namely Dathan and Abram, son of Elab. And on this, and the story that we read was one day they decided, 250 of them, to stand before Moses and challenge Moses' priesthood, right? They basically said, Moses, what makes you so special? We know God. We're in his kingdom. We can do it too, Right? And uh, there's uh, the story becomes very interesting because Moses says, "Okay, that that's great, guys. Uh, good one. Let's see what God says." And uh, light your censers, and then he's, God tells him, Moses, tell the people to be very careful because there's a huge following with these guys, and he says, "People, be very careful. Everybody, separate yourself from these guys from these re- this rebellion. Separate yourself." Get away. This is dangerous. And then he says, look, uh, God's going to come in this meeting between us and you, and he's going to do something. And if he doesn't do something, then you're right. But if he does, and he does something totally new that no one's ever seen before, something dramatic, and he ends your life, then you were wrong, right? And they said, yeah. And as earth opens up, swallows them up, and everybody goes, whoa, 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 whoa. And they snap out of the rebellion, right? And all the people that were around them start to flee. And uh, everybody who was carrying censors, the, the 250 men, got burned up and by God. They just got fried. And uh, that's pretty, a pretty bizarre story. <laughs> but in this rebellion, not all the sons of Korah died. Did you know that a lot of Psalms... Were written by sons of Korah that's the same genealogy same line uh, there was a son of Korah who was in David's army who became a well-known fighter uh, the sons of Korah uh, uh, and that's why they say it's like a genealogy split we look at this this family line and it's one family but part of it rebels and part of it doesn't and initially it's like man well he had good cause man he how, oh, man, it's like you're always working, 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 but you never get a paycheck. You never get to touch the holies of holies. You're always going to carry the stuff on your back, and that's that's my position, God? That's not fair, and that's, that's what it plays out to be, but... uh when I think back when I was 18, 19 years old, and I had all these ambitions and plans and dreams and goals to become rich, to become famous, to become known, to, to stand out, to, to, to find myself, to, 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 to be somebody, right? And all of them were tied into ambition and rebellion against God. And all God was saying my whole life is, Andre, chill out. Just do what I'm asking you to do. Trust me. Listen to me. Abide. Submit. Obey. Have faithfulness. Read your Bible. You'll get it. I will take you where you need to be and I will help you live your life. And that's the difference. That's it. That's all there is to it is is that decision to be faithful. And I want to say that I'm starting to see some of you guys understand that and catch that and and. God is doing it in a lot of different ways. Somebody, he, he's, you know, he disciplines in an area, and they go, whoa, whoa, I got it. I got it, God. Okay, back into worship team, back into youth, back into reading the Bible plan. Somebody might get a fender bender. Somebody, you know, and, and God's disciplining. God is teaching you personally, not just on the stage, not just, you know, the pastor, uh, but, but God is intimate with you, and i'm I'm going to use an example of Stasik and Ruvim. is that okay it's not a bad example It's in your favor Stasik but uh we were we were doing work, and uh we were kind of joking around on on the hierarchy you know i i he, me and Ruvum are older, and Stasik's the young you know, and we call him pup, and he's like, hey, pup, and so we started to kind of like tease him you know like hey pup and so Stas would use medical terms at work because he's learning all the stuff, and we'd be you know it'd be over our heads and we' pretend like you know, like we knew everything and be like, hey, shut it, you know, like be quiet, like, hey, no medical terms, you know, or like, oh, somebody thinks they know something. And, and we'd, we would, you know, joke around. <clears throat> but in this joking process, you really get to see somebody's heart because jokes can be taken literally so fast. And, and I got to see Stas's heart. And Stas is like, yeah, yeah, okay, whatever, I'm a pup. I'm, one day I'll grow up, but who cares? If I'm a pup now, I'm a pup now, and whatever. I'm just here to work and make money. Let's just keep going. And he didn't take it to heart. And me and Ruben looking at each other like, "Oh, man, this this guy's this guy's maturing. This guy's good. I really like this guy." <laughs> and and it's the idea of humility is what helps you mature. It's the idea of, you know what, God, if I am here and I'm going to have to carry this from back there in that storage closet out here every single Sunday, day in, day out, bad eye, good eye, I'm going to do it. (laughs) Broken leg, not broken leg. I'm I'm going to be responsible for this. And I don't ever get to preach. I don't ever get to minister to somebody. I don't ever get to give anybody advice. I don't get to share my heart. I don't get to do any of that. But this is what you want me to do? I'm going to commit and believe that you got everything in order. And I don't need to bust out of my shell i don't need to worry about my life i don't need to worry about well when am i gonna when am i gonna see things happen in my life when am i gonna see your life when am i gonna see this i'm gonna trust you and i'm gonna be faithful to what i what i know i should be doing what what i can do right and uh that shows your humility to god and 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 the humility is extended by going what if God never promotes me? What if it 's up to God to promote me? What if He never promotes me? What if He never decides to, to what if i 'm just going to be a quiet prayer warrior until i 'm a 95 year- old grandpa or grandma? What then? Do I, do, I, do I rebel? Do I get angry? And that's up to you. Uh, I don't recommend it. I can tell you about my life again and again and again, but uh, faithfulness is a decision that you know what i feel in my heart that this is what god wants me to do and i'm going to do it no matter if people don't understand me no matter if my parents may not understand me but if god wants you to do it you better do it we don't we're not going to say hey go against your parents if uh, if they uh, if they're saying hey read your bible and you're like i don't want to read my bible you know do what god is telling you to do right if if god is 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 showing you that that you need to be a part of youth ministry, you need to go on a mission trip, you need to step it up in your life, but your parents are saying, "Hey, chill out. Hey, you know what about college? Hey, you know, hey, what about you know, uh, uh, you know, when are you gonna, when are you gonna date? Hey, when, when, when's this gonna happen? When's that gonna happen? You just gotta go. You know what? In my heart, I receive this from God, and I know where I'm. What, what I have to answer. I'm, I'm gonna answer to God, and, I, and. My mom and my dad, they'll, they'll, they'll have their own judgment, but I'm going to answer to God. And I i got to figure out what God wants for, for me to do, what God wants for me to accomplish. And the funny thing is, usually what God wants you to do is what you don't want to do. <laughs> but if you do it, it all comes together so beautifully. It all comes together miraculously. I mean... When we find out, oh, I took Spanish for three years, I don't know why, and then you're going on a Mexican mission trip, and you're like, oh, well, good thing I took Spanish, man, wow, good thing I I listened to that one, (laughs) right? And there's little things that God will want you to do that will not make sense, but... Those are the testing grounds. That's your desert. That's your forming. That's, that's you going, you know what, God? I'm trusting you. I'm not going to go with the pack. I'm not going to go with with uh, with all what my friends are doing or or just what our family has done. Because a family is divided here. And, and Jesus' words is, I've come to divide brother against brother and, and mother against her daughter. And I, I've come not to bring peace, but division. Well, not that... He wants to start wars, but a division between people that are in God and people that aren't. So you you, you get to see that when you open up the internet, what are you browsing? What are you going to? Are you going straight to entertainment? Are you going straight to, to veg out? Or using this tool to to find out the answers that, that are on your heart about God. There's so many amazing resources. There's so many amazing uh, ways to answer your questions. But you've got to spend that time. You've got to spend that time in your Bible reading plan. You've got to spend that time going, wow, what is this? This doesn't make sense. How do I answer this? I am confused. If I'm confused, that means one day somebody is going to pitch an arrow at my confusion. And if I don't have an answer, I'm going to lose my faith. I'm going to lose what I'm standing on. I need to find an answer for myself. You can't waste your time. You can't waste your life just going after what's modern, what's hip, what's cool, and, and what, what your stomach and what your, your emotions want to do. So, Caleb is saying, you know what? It seems impossible to be a real Christian, but God's spirit is here, and that makes it possible. If God's with us, it makes it possible, right? And Joshua, he's saying the same thing. You know what? Uh, Everybody's quitting, but I'm not. Behind that door, through that door is, is this guidance is God leading me, and through that door is victory. So I know by the time I get from there to there, thousands of things are going to try to stop me. Thousands of things are going to try to tear me down but that's, my, that's where I'm going because God's with me and that's where God's directing me. And if that's my course, even if it's death behind those doors, I have lived a life that's worth living and I'm, I can stand by that. And when I stand before God, I, well, I hear those words, good and faithful servant. Nothing else matters. Everything else peels off. Everything else disintegrates before that. And so tonight I, uh, I just wanted to to tell you that you're special. Every single one of you is extremely special. Uh, You might come from a bad family. You might come from crazy problems. You might have a lot of genetic things that were given to you, a lot of sins, a lot of uh, destruction in your psyche, in your heart. But you have an opportunity that's that maybe your parents didn't have, or maybe your siblings didn't have. You know, you're wondering, why isn't my brother here? Why isn't my sister here? Why aren't my parents here? Why is it that I'm here? And the difference is this, your will, your choice, you decided to, to, to plug in and really plug in. And it's not because I convinced you or somebody else convinced you, but because when you're looking at this ancient word of God, and you're looking at your heart, and you're reading it every day, and you're looking inside yourself, and you're saying, I, things are changing. Things are moving. This is right. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. This is, this is the truth. This is reality. i, I got to cling to this. i got to invest in this. I, I can't lose my time. I can't lose my, my youth. Like maybe everybody else around you. So tonight, we're, we're going to pray. We're going to ask God to, to come. We're going to ask God to to just confirm in us again. You know, I uh, confirm that, that we're on the right path. Confirm that our priorities are set in, in God's will. That our, our heart is set in, in, in God's purpose. That, you know, uh, that we're not living just for pleasure, just for satisfaction, just for comfort in this life. But that we're living to please God and we're living to fulfill that purpose and that calling. You know, and I think at, at every youth service, there's always a line drawn. There's always a clear line saying, "You know what? For those who are who are willing to step up, or those who are willing to, to 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 admit that that they're failing and cross this line and come to God, that God has a mercy and a grace that He's going to pour out in your life." And I, every time that I come out to an altar call, that's exactly what happens. I don't think there's one time where where God didn't 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 do something in response to that god always responded to that when i did that so i i'm just suggesting that we pray like that today in the first prayer that 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 if you have that if you're wrestling and in your heart you have that 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 uh, that agony that that un, unrestfulness that, that you know that peace is missing you know that that there's something that you know is just tugging at your heart. It's just tugging at you, saying, you know what, this isn't right. And, and, and God wants me to respond in this way. And, and I need to respond. I need to, I need to physically move my body across that line. That's what Moses did when he he drew that line, says, get away from Korah, get away from the rebellion, get away from the world. Because something's gonna happen. And so uh can we have uh, somebody? Uh, uh, yes, excuse me, please. Um, as we... Uh, you know, when we stand before God, we're not going to stand as a church. We're not going to stand as a corporate body. We're not going to stand next to Ramil and Stas and Marina and be like, yeah, God, you know, here we are, Isaac's a youth church. We're going to stand individually. And that's the reality you're going to stand by yourself. You're going to stand by yourself. Every single one of you is going to stand by yourself and everything's going to be unrolled before you your whole life. Everything that is kept secret, everything that is, is kept uh, tucked away and, 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 and maybe covered up by a smile and some nice clothes and a great attitude, but everything that is in your heart and your mind is going to be un, 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 unraveled and, and revealed. And... God has left us that promise. He's left us saying, you know what? There's this time that you have and these altar calls that you have to bring that to God, to bring that and say, God, I can't be found with this in my heart and in my mind. I can't. This is not who I want to be. This is not what what I'm after, God. Yeah, this is what i'm born into yeah this is some this is what i what i turn to when i when things don't go my way this is this is my rebellion this is this is me losing faith and trust in you and coming back to those empty cisterns coming back to those things that that only satisfy for a moment but leave you broken and empty and bound by sin to the devil And the first thing you got to know as a Christian is you got to 100% war, 100% war against yourself. You have to war against your flesh. You have to war.